Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose. Impact is where your unique best self meets the world and contributes to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Jerome Braggs, the soul medicine man. Jerome is a gifted intuitive, spiritual teacher, speaker, and modern day medicine man. In 2005, Jerome was diagnosed with AIDS and kidney failure and then given 48 hours to live. That experience catalyzed a 12-year healing journey where he learned how to use what he calls the soul medicines to help him come back home to himself. He uses those skills and the sacred wisdom he gained through his journey to help people around the world heal their lives and bodies. Welcome to the podcast, Jerome. I'm delighted you're here. Thank you, Ursula. I'm, I'm actually deeply honored to be here. Well, it's great to have you uh, on the on the show. It's uh, I've been following you on Facebook for a while, and I'm very intrigued with your story and the work that you're doing, and of course the impact that you're having. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your story? I know in the bio, I, I touch it. We touch on it briefly, but uh, if, if there's anything else you'd like people to know about your journey, uh, that would be that would be great. Yeah. So. Um, the journey into this being, this version of Jerome that, that's here today, started on January 1st of 2004, actually New Year's Day, uh, when I had checked into a hospital uh, with what I thought was the flu. I had flu-like symptoms that they had been going on for a while. You know, I was a little um, weak in the body a bit, uh, fever here and there, and just couldn't, just overall didn't really feel really well. And it's just been going a little longer than what I expected. And I had been doing everything I knew how to do at the time to try and be well. And it wasn't working. So I went to the hospital to try and get some, really to get some medicine so I could go back to work. And uh, with what I, I thought I had the flu. And when the doctors ran the test, when when she came back, uh, what instead of the flu, which she diagnosed me with, was kidney failure, pancreatitis, anemia, uh, like, I think it was like 20 pounds of fluid on my body, wow. um, a parasite in my stomach. And if all of that wasn't delicious enough already, <laughs> um, also she diagnosed me with AIDS wow. and she gave me, um, and the team of doctors, it was a lead doctor that was talking to me, but at the time the, they gave me about seven days to live. They thought that my situation had progressed to a point where, they were going to try to do whatever they could to save my life, but they really thought I, I, I really just had days to live mm-hmm. and that I need to get my affairs in order. That must have been and, a huge blow. Yeah, it was, you know, I went from one second, like thinking I'm going to get out of this hospital in a few hours to I might not get, you know, I, I only have a few hours in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, as they left me in that hospital room, as they left me in that, you know, the room to go to get their affairs in order, whatever they were getting ready to do. I was um, really faced with some questions uh, uh, around my dying, my death. And, you know, I, I 
I really looked over, kind of had a life, a, a small life review where I looked at, you know, how did I live my life? Was I happy with how I lived my life? Was I happy with the person that I had been in my life? Um, did I express true love in my life? Like, did the people in my life know how I really felt about them? Um, and did I feel like uh, I was I was going to die with this sense of completion? And although I wasn't afraid of death, I had already kind of had a spiritual understanding that death at that time, you know, that that death was um, not an end, but another chapter in my life. I believe that the soul continued after death. So I wasn't really afraid of death. But when I really looked at my my life and realized that I, I hadn't really lived, I hadn't really loved the life I lived. I hadn't really been the person, my true self, my authentic self in my life. I hadn't really expressed love um, like I wanted to. And there were a lot of things I really hadn't followed my heart and my dreams in my life. So I was, was going to be leaving my life with a lot of regrets. So I wasn't horrified of dying, but I became horrified of the fact that I hadn't really lived and I was going to die not really living. And even though I was young, I was very young at the time. I was 24. Wow. Um, I knew that I hadn't even in those years, I hadn't there wasn't life. There was not just more life to live, but that the life I had been given those 24 years a lot of that time I had spent not living. I had spent in shame. I had spent in fear. I had spent in suppression. And so I made a decision on my deathbed at that time that I was going to live, that I wasn't going to die. I didn't want to die like that, right? If I was going to die, I wanted to die having a sense of having really lived my life. So I threw everything I knew about creating your life. Like I believed that I was a, a spiritual being having a human experience. And I believed that that meant that I could create at that time. I believed what that meant was that you can create whatever you want. You were the creator of your reality. So I threw everything I knew about that, you know, all of the things I had learned about the law of attraction, all of the things I learned about creating and manifesting your life. I just threw it all at my situation. Wow. Just created vision boards, <laughs> you know, vegan diets, affirmations, meditation, like the whole gamut of whatever I had no known about it. I threw it at my situation. And in three months, it worked. Like I was fully healed. I was fully wow. recovered. Hmm. Uh, I didn't have HIV or AIDS in my system anymore. My kidneys were fully functioning. All of the other illnesses had disappeared. And um, and I was on dialysis at that time. Uh, they had put me on dialysis and my kidneys came back to fully function and they took me off of dialysis. Hmm. And so I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I knew what, you know, healing and well-being and living well was really about until the year and a half later uh, where I found myself back in that exact same hospital with the exact same diagnosis, all of the illnesses wow. to the T and absolutely the same readout, like to the T cell count. I had the exact same thing. Wow. And I knew that as I and instead of seven days this time, when I checked back into that hospital a year and a half later, um, I was given 48 hours. Mm. They thought it was I only had about 48 hours to live this time. And as I was on my deathbed this time and when they left me alone to call, they they called my parents and everybody kind of fly up or like red eyed right now because they thought I had hours um, on my deathbed. I knew there was something different. I knew that if these the diseases and illnesses in my body had shown up again and they had shown up exactly the same way, that this was a message. 
that this wasn't a coincidence and it wasn't a punishment, but it was, it was a message. My body was, my soul was trying to send a message through my body and I was not hearing it. And so I closed my eyes and, um, I kind of sent the prayer out to my soul and I was really, I really said, what do you want me to know? What, like, I want to know one, what it really takes to heal. And two, I want to know what it takes to really live well. I thought I had figured it out and not just, I'm not talking about wellness, but really well being like really being well and living well. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know what that really took because I didn't want to, and I wanted to know deeply because I didn't want to have to come back to the hospital to learn it. Um, This is, this is pretty amazing stuff for 24 and I guess 26 year old in the second time. I mean, for you to even have that level of, spiritual awareness at 24 and 26 is extraordinary and then to be putting it into practice it's something people work at their whole lives and you um i mean it it was it the crisis kind of situation that really it felt like it required you to put everything you knew into action well, I had my kind of my my spiritual awakening a little bit, although I really credit this aspect uh, and, the, and the aspect I'm about to share here in a second as that being the, the big awakening for me and the big start of that. But it really started um, when I was in like my senior year of high school. And I think a lot for many of us, crisis and chaos um, really it, you have two options, either it takes you out or it takes you in. And what I mean by it takes you in is it takes you inside to connect in with the truth of yourself, because that's either, that's the only way out really is in. And so I had a lot of crisis in high school. I experienced a lot of racism. I experienced a lot of, uh, just a lot of feeling on the margins and being outsider and feeling like I didn't belong. And so that experience really started me understanding, connecting in with myself. So I had begun my journey of understanding who we were and who we, who, who I am as a soul kind of in, in high school. Right. Um, and so I had a, by this time, by the time all this started, I had started reading books and studying things and having a deeper experiences that helped me understand a little bit about, you know, that you could create your reality. But again, I was the beginning phases of this was I was at the very kind of understand the very intro entry level understanding phases where, right. <laughs> you know, you're creating parking spaces at the mall right, or right. that you're getting, I'm getting $5 to eat when I didn't have money so I can get me something to eat. Or right. I'm, I'm getting a date on Friday when I feel lonely something <laughs> like that, right? right. The, mm-hmm. the very entry level, but not really the depth of understanding what it actually means mm-hmm. to be a soul. So, so what that so the beginning phases of that, what that allowed me to do was I believed this stuff, right? And I believed that this is going to, that you could create a miracle. I just hadn't created miracles for myself yet. Um, so I did have this basic understanding and this knowing, and I really believe that that basic understanding helped me because there wasn't a lot of fear in the beginning, uh, at the beginning, that which is why I was able to heal so miraculously in the beginning stages. But the second phase was a little different. Um, And that's why I was, you know, I I realized there was something else. Like it wasn't just about vision boards and it just it it wasn't about 
um, being a vegan and it wasn't about um, just saying affirmations because if it was about that, I wouldn't be here a second time, mm. right? Yeah. And so that was that was my asking on my deathbed. The, real, the next time was I wanted to know what the real thing is. Like, what's the real truth? What's the, what is this really about? And not just how do I survive? Like, how do I get my body well? But like, how do I really live so that I don't have to experience this? Because I also knew that the that that the diseases and illnesses were a reflection of something, that they weren't a coincidence, that they were a reflection of something going on within me, and that they were messages. They were trying to almost like wake up calls, if you will. Right. And so I wanted to know what that was. I wanted to know what the wake up call was uh, because it was coming back. And so I didn't, I thought I understood it the first time. And obviously if it's here again, then I didn't. And so I asked that and on my deathbed, I really put out this deep prayer from within me to know what that is. And that's when I had what's called a, um, what many people call a near death experience, except, um, I didn't actually transition. Like I didn't, I didn't, my body didn't physically die. It's kind of, instead of going over how I like to explain it, instead of going over to the other side, the other side came over to me. <laughs> and, um, I had the, the same kind of experiences people have when they, when they have a near death experience, like, um, all of a sudden after I said the prayer, I started to feel, um, this kind of delineation between my body and everything else. Mm -hmm. So everything else in the room kind of felt one mm -hmm. with me. Like I felt one with the, the hospital bed I was laying on and I couldn't tell the difference between the IV drip and the, the flowing of my blood. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell where my hand stopped and where like the wall began. Like I was literally almost everything in the room. And then, um, I saw this bright, the, like the brightest light I've ever, ever seen, like even brighter than like staring at the sun. It was bright, but it was also a darkness, like a deep dark and not a scary dark, just, just a darkness that it was a lightness and a darkness at the same time. And I can't, I've been trying to find words even after all these years um, to kind of describe that experience when I, I still don't have any words for it, but it was like the brightest light and the darkest dark at the same time. It was like this balance of it um, that I saw. And when I, when that light in the dark happened, I started to feel this immense sense of what just love, just like the feeling of being held, the feeling that all was well, the feeling that, um, everything was okay <laughs> and that nothing was wrong and that just this deep sense of love, just deeper than I've ever felt before and that I've even felt since. And that's when I heard the voice of my soul. And, and I knew it was, you know, um, people ask me, was it God? And I say it was, it was definitely divine. I don't use the term God as much now because we have so much different um, understandings of what that actually means, but it was definitely the voice. I knew it as the voice of everything that existed. It was like the voice of everything that existed, but it sounded like me, but it sounded like the version of me that wasn't neurotic, and wasn't in pain, <laughs> right? Well, it, I, I know that you, you talk about in your bio that you, out of this experience that you developed or, or came to learn what you call the soul medicines and that you use that to put 
into practice the work that you do with people now. Can you can you tell us a little bit about about that and how that came out of your experience? Yeah, so that was when the voice spoke, what it basically said was that the key that I was looking for to healing, uh, to true healing and, and well-being, that the key to that was to come back home to myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Was to come back home to myself. Come back home to come back home to synergy and alignment with my soul. And that a large part of that was loving myself. And I didn't know anything about what coming back home to myself really was, but I was going to learn. Um, and that ended after that kind of awareness about that that was the key, that coming back home to myself was the key, that that was kind of the end of the experience that it kind of came out, you know. And what that experience catalyzed was I made a decision that I was going to learn everything I could about what coming back home to myself really, what it took. Mm. Um, and that I was going to do this no matter how long it took, no matter what it took, I was going to do that. And it started, that was the catalyst of my true kind of awakening healing journey, which I call my rite of passage. Mm -hmm. Because what it really did, what I learned through that journey was what um, what it takes to come back home to ourselves. And what coming back home to ourselves really is, is, is aligning our consciousness, our vibration, which is really, you know, our energy and our lifestyle with how our soul, the divine aspect of us, the eternal part of us, um, how it feels and what it thinks. So you're aligning it with the consciousness and the vibration of it and the purpose for why it's here and what and the things that help you do that. What I learned through my journey is there are four aspects um, that help us come back home to ourselves. And in that way, they literally help heal our bodies and positively transform everything in our lives. Like they're literally the keys to healing anything that arises in our bodies and any kind of dysfunction or challenge we have in our lives. And I call those things the soul medicines. Yeah. And they are um, joy, <clears throat> self-love, surrender, and truth. And when we apply those things to our lives and, and um, sometimes we don't need, you know, depending on what the hardship is or the um, disease or illness that arises in our bodies. What I learned is that sometimes you just need, you know, any combination of those. It, you may not need all four of them at a time, depending. It just depends on where you've left home from yourself, where you've disconnected from the synergy between, you know, this the human part of your consciousness and the soul part of you. Mm -hmm. Um, but those four things, they cause the reconnection. And so my ask, mine was I literally had to do all four of them. I had to do all I was I had left like I didn't have a sense of um, because what they lead you back to is really the, the how the soul feels and the soul feels free. It feels loved and lovable. Basically, it feels worthy. It feels at ease. And um it feels happy. It's, it's literally the essence of joy. That's literally what we're made of. We're made of the feelings, uh, the energy, which translates to the human emotions of freedom, of ease, worthiness and love um, and joy. And so when we're not, when we've been living in a way and thinking and having beliefs in a way that keep us from experiencing those help feelings internally habitually so not just like i feel it today but the but the majority of my life i don't feel that way when we don't feel that way 
that's a direct indicator that we're out of alignment with who we really are. Mm. And that's when dysfunctions arises and diseases arise. So you see, you see the impact. Yeah. You see the impact of your work as, and you see it, you've seen it in yourself. You've seen it with the people you've worked with that it, it helps them become healthy again and be more present to their lives to really, I mean, I'll let you put it in your own words, but just to kind of start um, really exploring uh, what what impact does this knowledge have? What's it had? What impact has it had on you and on the people that you work with? Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically what you said is like my work is to teach people how to use the soul medicines to come back home to themselves. And what coming back home to yourself does is it not only helps you experience wellness in your body, but well-being in your life and a, and a delicious level of well-being that you have never, probably could have never imagined. Like my life today is, is so much more delicious, so much more joyous, so much more miraculous and mystical, so much more enjoyable than anything I could have imagined before that. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe the key to well-being um, and well-being being not well-being is a condition of is is a is a, a lifestyle. It's a condition of living, and wellness is a condition of the body. And I, and I believe the key to both of those is to be at home in yourself, mm-hmm. to really be connected to who you really are, to really live a life of joy, and to hold uh, a consciousness, meaning a, a belief systems and and patterns of thought that basically, you know, are based in love. And that anytime we're not doing that, you know, anytime we're, we're not in connection with ourselves, then that's, that, that's the only reason why dysfunction shows up. Mm. And that's the only reason why illness or disease, well, actually, I'm sorry, that's not the only reason, it's the main reason why illness and disease show up in our bodies um, is because of that disconnection. So my impact is to help people really, truly come back home so they can really live a really delicious life, the life that they that they came here to live. Well, one of the things you talked about a little earlier was that um, we're spiritual beings living in a physical body. And, and what you talk about, I mean, it sounds amazing. And that having the presence of ongoing presence and, and awareness of joy, but we are physical beings, we're human. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> how does that how does our how do our our uh, maybe not so high intentions how do they come into play and and how do you, how do you work with that in terms of helping people maintain this kind of level of connection with their higher selves? Yeah, so the main thing when you look at and, and it's it's really I teach people to really pay attention to your life because your life is literally a reflection, the external reality that you live is a reflection of the internal state of being that you're holding. And so that's really the only thing to really deeply work on is your internal state, your habitual internal state of being that you're holding, how you're feeling, what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on. So we're human beings, right? So you're not going to stay, you know, 100 percent um, in alignment with your soul at all times, because th- this world 
offers a lot of contrast. This world has, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. events that happen. Right. Um, but the thing is to understand to be in service to your internal state so that it's okay to get out of out of alignment a little bit, but to be aware when you are and to do what you can to come back. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, being committed to living a life that of joy and of love, like really first being, if you commit to living a life of self-love, which really, which I determined that you live a life where you appreciate yourself unconditionally. So that means whether you look like what you want to look like or not, whether you have the, the amount of money in the bank account that you currently desire or not, whether you, um, you know, just learning how to really value yourself and appreciate yourself no matter what, to learn how to accept yourself no matter what, to make peace with whoever you are and wherever you are, right? That's really what acceptance is. It's making peace with whatever is right. about you. Yeah. Are there, and, oh, are there specific ways that, um, you know, I mean, putting that into practice, are there specific ways that you suggest people work with work with the range of emotions that come up and and really learn how to be accepting are there other things that you do that you find so helpful and valuable yeah one of the, i will speak to the number one thing that i see as a problem um and how to how do we how do we solve how do we resolve and transcend that i actually see and this is often what happens in a lot of the new age and spiritual communities is a suppression of emotions yeah. and is a is a looking at certain emotions as bad or good. Right. They're not spiritual, so you don't They're want not to, spiritual. Yeah. Like I shouldn't be especially your anger. Like right. I shouldn't be angry. And really self-love is learning how to embrace all of yourself and accept it and exp- and, and allow all of yourself to be present. Right? So when you suppress something what we're really saying is this doesn't deserve to be a part of me. Right. And that's again, that's a that's a voting a part of you off the island off of yourself. (laughs) So what you want to do is what I work with people to do is learning how to express because all emotions come to be felt and then released all of them. But when you don't allow yourself to feel one, when you try to bypass an emotion that you're experiencing, you don't allow it to be felt. And so you don't allow it to be released. So it sticks inside of your energy. Mm-hmm. And that's when it starts to cause havoc. It doesn't cause havoc because you felt it. It caused havoc because you've suppressed it and it's still there and it's staying with you. Right. So you want to feel it. So if you're angry, You know, you can take a second to breathe, but you're not taking a second to breathe so that you can stop being angry. You're taking a second to breathe so that you can understand fully what you're angry about, because your anger is all emotions are information. They're information about what what's going on and what you may need to do or what you may need to shift or what you may need to address so that you can move forward. And if you don't allow yourself to feel an emotion, you don't get this information. So that's the thing I would do for. So that's the big thing I do for people is allow yourself one to feel everything that you feel. If you're sad, sit in the sadness for a minute. Don't try to run away from it. Sit in it so it can tell you a lot of times sadness is there to tell us we're living or we're we're living in such a way or we're focusing on something 
that's not really that doesn't bring us that's not who we really are that's not really bringing who we are unless it's a loss like if it's a loss then it's okay like it's a loss it's okay to grieve that loss and to feel sad for a moment but a lot of times if you have chronic sadness it's usually you're you're living you're not living in a way that really breathes life through you and you need to pay attention to that yeah you need to pay attention to that anger often is there's a boundary that you're not honoring that you're not paying attention to that's being crossed some type of way and you need to express it you need to honor it you need to speak up about it mm. Um, and so there's a, every emotion has information, but you don't get it if you suppress it. And when you suppress it, that's when it starts damaging. That's when it starts to stick in the body. That's when it leads to illness. Um, and that's when it leads to dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the biggest thing that I would say, that I really work with people is what are the, what are the emotions you have stuck in your system? And how do you start to love yourself in a way that you give yourself permission to experience the emotions and to stop labeling them as 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 something that's bad for you and to start to understand that all of you is worthy and lovable and all of you deserves a place um, so that you process through those emotions faster so that the, the 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 bad you know the bad feeling emotions i would say that's that's all i if i label um, emotions, there are good feeling ones and there are bad feeling ones. Mm -hmm. But the bad feeling ones don't mean they're bad. They just don't feel so good. <laughs> right, right. And so you just don't want to stay in those emotions for a long time. And the only way you don't stay in them is if you express them. <laughs> so, right. well, and um, you've, yeah, and that's you've managed that. to, to really embrace this learning that you had, this process, and to really put it into action. And, I, and you've created a business out of it. I mean, the, the main audience for the podcast is entrepreneurs and organizational leaders. So I'm, I'm really interested in exploring how how do you put those practices into um, everyday use when you are approaching things from a business perspective because we have challenges that come up with things that uh, we have to deal with and um, it's helpful to hear kind of how how we all move through those challenges and you've had a particularly unique and powerful spiritual experience earlier in your life. So it's, uh, I'm curious to hear how that's affected how you're choosing to run your business. Yeah. So the basic core of my business is <clears throat> I only offer, and this, this was a learning curve. So it didn't start like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I started my business in the middle of my healing journey. Mm -hmm. So there, as I was learning things about well-being, um, I also was learning things about how to run a well business. Um, and so I basic, my basic, really my basic mantra for my business is I only do work that I love, that I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. I only work with people that I'm very passionate about working with. Um, and I only do it, I only approach my work. So the, I only operate and the only systems in my, in my marketing platform and all of that. <clears throat> I only do that in a way that, um, I enjoy. Mm. Um, and so I offer, I, I apply the soul medicines to my work as well. So one of the soul medicines again is joy. So that's, that's how I apply that. Mm -hmm. So whatever services or products I offer, it's not from the standpoint of what can make me the most money It's really from the standpoint of what brings me, what breathes life through me to put out onto the world. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and that's um, kind of the holy grail of, of uh, running a business where every aspect is aligned with, you know, who your ideal clients are, who, what you really love to do, what you're passionate about, and that even systems and marketing are aligned in that way. Are there, yeah. yeah. Are there, um, <clears throat> has that, so you mentioned that's been a journey. Are there, what kinds of things have you learned along the way in that, in building that kind of business? I learned that, um, it's kind of a big That's a good question. question. <laughs> it is a big question. And so, but I, I, I'll give you my top three. I learned that um, the more I base my work on what the big joy is for me, like what the big happiness is, what the big, what feels most alive to be doing, not just the happier I am in my work but the more prosperous I become in my work. Mm -hmm. So there is a direct correlation between feeling alive in your work and also being prosperous in it. Mm -hmm. um, I also learned that, so that was my, my biggest lesson. And again, that didn't, that was a journey because I did a lot, I did a lot of not doing that. <laughs> so as most that, of us do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want it to sound like I started and it was just off and running at the races. It was not, yeah. there was a lot of learn. There was a lot of working through things that I was not enjoying right. and a lot of kind of just whittling away at the core of what that was um, until I got it. Well, and that's really good to hear. And thank you for sharing that because, you know, I think especially with a story as dramatic as yours, um, it, there's this, uh, and, and it's so often the case when you look at someone from the outside, it's like, well, yeah, of course, smooth path, no, never a bump in the road and no learning process. And of course, that's not the case. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this life is not linear. And so like just like healing is not linear and success is definitely not linear. Yeah. It's a it's it's a curving, winding <laughs> roller coaster of an up and down kind of thing you learn as you right. go. Mm -hmm. Um and so that was definitely for me. And then I probably say another the, the another big piece that I learned in my in my business um was really that you get you have permit not just that you have permission but that you're going to have to create your own model mm -hmm. um i think a lot i, I in the beginning of my journey there was a lot of you know I, I had coaches and mentors and things like that um and i learned a lot from them but the, where the where the challenges was was there was often a lot of this is the model to do this and when when my healing journey really taught me the importance of really just being yourself and really being authentic mm -hmm. and the damage that happens to us when we're not and when we try to do things that don't feel feel like you know that don't make us feel the most like ourselves and so what i learned was that i have to there may be somebody and that that's doing something similar to me but how they're doing it may not be how i have to do it mm -hmm. Um, how they're marketing or what kind of systems they have or what their brand looks like or how they show up in the world or even how they, you know, their speaking platform, how they shape that. All of that has to be me. And the more unique it is to me, 
again, the happier I'm going to be and the more successful I'm going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really see mentoring and, and any kind of advice you get from other people around business is really about finding your own path with it. And um, I mean, that's how I, I work with my clients or try to. That's my my aspiration in any case. But it's it's really, it, it's only when you can tap into that inner wisdom, your own clarity, um, and peeling away the things that are not that, that um, you can really, your business can take off. And in addition to all the many things you talked about as well, it's more joyful existence. There's, there's a lot more self-love in that as well. Yeah, like to, to, to really form something, because your business is your life, it's part of your life. Like there's no, there's no delineation between what you do in the world and what your life is. Mm -hmm. There's no, I think we've, we were, a lot of our institutions growing up teach us that, that we can compartmentalize our lives, but all that you're, all that's happening is life. All that's happening here, every aspect of it is your life. So you want to have a business and I wanted to have a business that was my that that was the shape of my life and that served and nourished the very shape of my life and so that meant finding systems that might that might, meant finding strategies and platforms that reflected and that nourished who I am and who I wanted to be and that also meant saying no to some of the systems even the ones mm -hmm. that were that were making other people millions of dollars <laughs> right. that you know if that didn't feel like me that I had to leave it and I had to find what did or I had to create what did. Yeah. Well, you had such major health challenges and, and were, I mean, you experienced healing from those, but I would imagine that it, it puts more in the forefront of your mind as you're having this impact, as you're doing this work in the world, that your own, that caring for yourself, an aspect of self-love, that that is, is an important thing for you to do as even as an entrepreneur is that is that your experience of it yeah you know self-care is vitally important to me but i what, through my healing journey the understanding of self-care has really transformed it's really changed from um what i would say is the normal kind of conversation around it yeah so my initial approach to self-care uh, which I was trying to lay over <laughs> myself in the beginning of my health journey was you know getting massages or um, wiping my to-do list clean sometimes or, um, you know, the, the buying myself something nice when I really wanted it right. or something like that or eating well. Um, but what I now understand is real self-care is making sure that I am doing that, the, that my life is saturated with and predominated by things that charge me. Hmm. So what I what that means is that basically that I do things for the joy of them mm -hmm. and that I make my decisions based on joy and not on anything else. Yeah. And that's the truest self-care that can happen because that's the only thing that actually really cares for you really in the, in the very definition of what self-care is. That's the only thing that is going to care for you. And that's the only thing that's going to nourish you. And that's the only thing that is going to support you and heal you when you need healing is your own joy. Yeah. Well, I love the way you said that, that it was before it was kind of an overlay of doing these things that we all consider, uh, you know, the normal kinds of self-care practices. But if you're 
but those are really meant to counter a high level of stress or mm-hmm. overwork or not getting enough uh, playtime, all of those things. And what you're talking about now is a whole other level of self-care that every everything you do, you try to make it joyful, and then that is all built in. Uh, yeah. Part of it, yeah. The- the predominating, I think our previous understanding of self-care was really damage control. Yeah, right. So it's, it's what you do it. when, yeah, it's, it's what you do when you're, when you're living a lifestyle that's really damaging you. And it's like, how do you just control some of this damage that's happening? Well, I'll get a massage, I'll drink some green juice, right. I'll wipe my to-do list clean. So instead of that, what I'd like to put out into the world now is that real self-care is not damage control, it's well-being. Mm-hmm. It's living a lifestyle of well-being so that you don't have the damage. Yeah, love that. Well, Jerome, to kind of wrap things up, I I usually do this wrap around with people now. Three questions. Are you are you up for it? I am totally up for it. <laughs> okay. So the first one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? Mm. The biggest impact that I can have on the world is to be myself and to be it as publicly as possible so that other people can see what it looks like and have permission to do that themselves. Mm, I love that. Be myself and do it as publicly as possible. That's great. It does inspire other people, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second question is, <clears throat> what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your, your impact the most? Mm, be transparent. <laughs> that was also the most challenging, but it's the one thing that I would be as transparent and as vulnerable with the telling of what I've learned as possible. Yeah, I love that. And the last question is, what's what's one insider piece of advice you'd share with um, other business owners who are asking themselves, how can I how can I have a positive impact? How can I positively influence things for the better? What would you say to them? Mm, great question. I think the greatest gift we have to offer the world is the wisdom we've learned through the healing of our pain. Whatever that pain is, wherever it showed up, and any business owner, that's you're, you're, you're there. You're, you started your business to serve others, to help them heal some type of pain, <laughs> whatever whatever that is, like whether that pain is a hunger in their bellies, whether that pain is, you know, financial or emotional, whatever it is, your mm-hmm. business somehow helps people alleviate pain. Um, and so the best thing you have to offer them is what you learned about healing that pain. Mm, I love that. Well, Jerome, you've had, I mean, you have an incredible story and um, experience that you went through and you've really turned that into some incredibly impactful work in the world. And uh, I mean, what better uh, way to spend your life than helping people come back home to themselves and live with the fullness of what you talk about is well-being. So thank you for sharing that, for being transparent and for um, for or what you're doing in the world. Thank you, Ursula. I was deeply honored to have this opportunity to share in your energy and chat about my life. Yeah, well, I'm honored to have you here as well. If there's a, is there a way that people can reach out to you? How can they best get in touch with you? 
Yeah, so I'm all over social media. <laughs> the first place to do it. Speaking is, of being um, as public as possible. Yeah, as public <laughs> as possible. Uh, I, uh, you can first contact me on my website. You can learn a little bit more about me. Uh, it's JeromeBraggs.com. Uh, and then my Facebook page, uh, which is Jerome Braggs, the Soul Medicine Man. I do, I share videos and do live videos and write a lot on there. It's me and only me every time, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm all over, you know, that. And if you directly want to reach me, if you have, you know, a direct question or you want to work with me personally, then you can email me. And my email is Jerome at JeromeBraggs.com. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Jerome. And thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's been great to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Ursula. This was fun for me. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, Join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.